0: Diet starts tomorrow with hosts Sammy Sage.
1: I'm having a relationship with my pizza.
0: And Aileen Drexler. I'm going to make you girls a hump day
1: treat. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram.
2: Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back.
1: But feels anything but in real life.
0: Is butter a carb? Yes.
1: This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would
0: be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet.
2: Hello, and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy, and today we have on Shanae Alexander. She is the entrepreneur, host of the podcast Press Send, and a wellness influencer, sort of. Um, But we're going to talk about the world of wellness, your journey to becoming part of the wellness community, and how to be more confident in your body, the age-old question. Welcome, Shanae.
1: Hi. I'm so glad to be here with you.
2: Me too. I'm really a huge fan of your account and I just love what you're doing on there. You make me feel happy to go on Instagram, which is, um, yeah. Which is
1: like, that's a lot. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Cause you always just have like things, you know, captions that are uplifting
1: and nice, just, just
2: positive vibes. I hate, You you know,
1: you know what the funny thing is, is I always think I'm like, Kind of a downer, but I think downers are uppers. You know, yeah. Sometimes downers can be uppers. There's a certain
2: like level at which a downer is an upper. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a downer too. Like, <laughs> don't worry. No, I, th-
1: I mean, here's the thing. I think. I think people bond over. Um, I think the best thing to do is bond over. Um, sometimes like sad shit.
2: Yeah, I mean vulnerabilities. I think that's how you really. Mm-hmm vulnerabilities insecurities that's how you really like connect to somebody
1: totally and it
2: makes them feel like i don't know i don't want to say like attainable but um like a real person
1: yeah relatable attainable all of it I definitely find that Instagram can be a really polarizing place. And so my thing is like, share the good stuff, share the bad stuff, share all the in-between stuff. But, but I do think whenever I started on Instagram, I think I was sharing both sides, but I think I was definitely sharing more of the positive side of it, which I, I, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm paying my penance now a little bit for that. Right. Well, I wasn't not not being real, but I was definitely like sharing more of the like positive fit fam side, you know? Yeah, no, I I mean,
2: it's a very common journey. So, okay. Maybe for the listeners in case, you know, I'm sure there's new people here. What exactly was your sort of journey to where you are now?
1: Okay. So I never wanted to become an Instagram influencer, which is often shocking for most people. Cause everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like you must've wanted to do, how did you like get to this like place you wanted to be? I'm like, no, I never wanted to be an influencer ever. Um, <clears throat> I'm first of all, feel like a hundred. Everyone I right. meet is like just out of college <laughs> at like events right. I go to. I'm like, I'm 36. Um, <laughs> literally met someone at an event. I was like, I could be your mom. Okay. That's hard. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I basically actually started my fitness wellness account because I was interviewing for a job at ClassPass and I was interviewing for a social media job and I started an account called get Fit Brooklyn embarrassing. It sounds like an AOL screen name. It's fine. And I started my account to just show them I had an interest in social media and wellness. And I had, I, I did have an, an interest in wellness, but I just wasn't displaying it for all to see right at that point. And um I did not get the job, didn't even get past the phone interview because I had no experience, but I started building this little community of people online. And actually that is the part of of the journey that has stayed the same for me. I loved building this community. And um at the time I was doing the dreaded hellish Kayla Itzenis BBG workouts. Oh my gosh. Which tough. sent from hell, sent from hell. Um my knees could never at this point. Yeah. Um but I found this group of people that I I really enjoyed sharing life with. And that's actually how I started doing influencer work was I just started growing a community and sharing my life. Um, I think to do those workouts, you have to convince yourself that you're happy, um, and that you enjoy them and that you enjoy wearing your like polar watch and like eating avocado toast a lot. And like, you really, (laughs) enjoy. I mean, and some of it I did enjoy. Like I, I loved like doing meetups and I still do that kind of stuff, but, but a lot of it, I didn't enjoy. I, I I wasn't finding the joy in the working out and the fitness part of it. I was more like pushing myself to do it and like convincing myself to like it.
2: Right. And you felt like, because people are watching you do it yeah. Then you have to do it and you have to like it. And there must be like,
1: Yeah. You know, like, I feel like the same thing happens in like, or was happening before COVID in like hustle culture. Everyone's Mm -hmm. like hustle hard. You know, everyone is like convinced that like hustling is like a great way to be. And then you're just like, wait, I hate this. Like I hate hustling. Like hustling is like not that great. It's kind of bad. And like, why? wait, why are we doing this? Like it's kind of sucks. And like, Oh wait, everyone could just lose their job and it could just be bad. Okay. Well maybe we shouldn't like make hustling our brand. Maybe we should make like having a normal balanced life and like having a normal family and life structure and balancing, like, you know, being a human being. So that for me kind of was what happened after like participating in like wellness hustle culture. Um, I was like, two workouts a day, like, you know, I I was getting great pride and like off to my second workout, like back to back soul cycle, hot yoga, BBG on top of that. I was very much that person.
2: Did that change for you with the pandemic? No. Like, Oh no. At what point did that, I guess make a switch for you?
1: Um, when I was at my most, I, when I was at my like smallest point, and like body wise, um, I was truly like the most unhappy I've ever been. Um, and I was like riddled with body anxiety. I was truly, <sighs> I struggle with body image, the worst I'd ever struggled with it at that point in my life. I really, I felt so low about myself And, you know, I was really getting so much of my self-worth from other people's opinions of me. And of course, you know, I post a picture of myself in a bathing suit on Instagram and, you know, the comments would pour in. Oh my God, you look amazing. Oh my gosh. Like goals. And this was definitely like the goals time of Instagram, like body goals. And I would be like, yeah. And I'd be like, why do I... Feel so shitty about myself, you know? And I remember because I'd lost a significant amount of weight at a different point in my life a few years before this pre Instagram. And I remember like walking into a room, and if no one told me I looked great, and I knew what looked great meant, it means I'd lost weight. Right. Right. Like I knew looked great didn't mean my skin looked great, it didn't mean my hair looked great. Didn't mean I had a great outfit on. It means I looked skinnier.
2: There's like a certain way that they say it too. It's like, you look great.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, so you mean I look thinner. Yeah. And so I was equating so much of, I, it had reminded me of that other time in my life of like, oh, I'm looking for that validation again. I'm I'm seeking right. that like, you look great. But like from strangers. And I was at this point where like, you know i i was what everyone else would say i looked really fit you know but i felt so conscious of my body all the time i was constantly worried about it and i definitely don't think i you know i definitely didn't have an eating disorder or you know but i definitely had disordered thoughts about my body, you know I definitely was so conscious of everything I was doing you know I, w- I wasn't living my life you know so and and that to me was kind of a point where I was like, wow, I have everything I ever wanted to work for. I have the most jacked arms. I have like I'm being cast in every single fitness campaign. people are so like envious of like the way I look and I am so unhappy with how I look, what is going on. And that was a huge red flag for me. And I am just like, wow, man, I'd rather be a human being and be worried about my body than be working out 10 times a day. Be worried about my body. (laughs) Like truly like, like I'd rather eat pizza a lot and like worry about my body than this. You know, right. and, and I'm totally. like, there's gotta be a better way. And so I think I've I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have days where I was conscious of my body, first of all. But I will say I'm I'm at a point now where um my goal is just to think about it less, you know, and so I don't think at all it, it it is at all about like weight or size to me at this point, it is about thinking about it less, it taking up less of my brain.
2: Right. That is exactly how I feel about it. Like I just can't let it. I can't let it take up the space where like real stuff could be.
3: Yes. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. I
2: do want to talk about like how you went how going through like that transition in the public eye was. But first I feel like it might be important for me to ask, like growing up, what was your relationship with food and your body? Like, is this a lifelong struggle?
1: Yeah. So I grew up with um traditional like nineties low fat mom. Yeah, same. Um, I mean, I think most of us did. Yeah. We either grew up like my boy. you have grew the Susan with, Powder like- videos? Um, no, but I'm very familiar with Susan powder. I mean, like, oh, my, my mom was like Snackwell's mom. Same. Yeah. Snackwell's Healthy Choice. Like, I can still yeah. taste the chalky taste of the chicken Alfredo. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. the exact amount of salt it takes to make the chicken Alfredo from Healthy Choice taste like food.
2: That is so, yeah. I mean, it's, there were all these markers of like, what
1: the healthy choice, yeah. French bread pizza kind of fucks yeah. like remember when you could get the pepperoni pizza one, but the pepperonis were like the tiniest, they were like a pepperoni, but it was cut in fourths. Do you remember these? I don't
2: remember that. I do remember snack wells. I don't remember oh. healthy choice. I might've been like, not aware of the brand though, Oh, but you're, my mom your was lean a big
1: cuisine family,
2: lean cuisine and also like, um, the weight watchers meals, like, uh-huh. Like the Weight Watchers macaroni and cheese in the red container. Mm-hmm. That was like, that kept me going a lot.
1: See, my mom worked for a competing company. She was a NutriSystem. Oh. She was a NutriSystem gal.
2: Oh, we were not NutriSystem. So okay, that you We were is... Weight
1: Watchers. So you we were Weight Watchers. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, are these MLMs? I'm not sure. But um, after watching the Lula Road documentary, holy fuck. But also, the like weight loss surgeries. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. But right. I was like, now I was thinking back I'm like, was my mom in like a diet MLM? What was, what was happening with, but anyway, she was a system yeah. gal. So I grew up going to like, literally like a weight loss, um, like convention. No, it's like a <laughs> clinic, but like, it's like, there's like weight machines there, but that was like a like a, it was like a diet place that it's like a Weight Watchers clinic. Yeah, or whatever, I went to which, Weight
2: Watchers meetings and they went yeah, you in and like and like, we would I get mean, frozen yogurt after.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I have no problem with those. Like whatever people want to do, I'm like fine with. But but growing up as a kid and that being part of like your routine, like routine norm. is like kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Nutrisystem directly contributed to my Things, But I definitely think foods being off limits for me definitely did because how like how that contributed to my weight or like food issues was um, basically when I turned 16 and got a car and discovered that I like like to drink alcohol, it was like, holy fuck. I can drive and get whatever food I want Yeah, because my, my home was not a place where those types of foods existed. Same. I was totally that person. Did your house have like chips and stuff in the house?
2: No, absolutely not. Like occasionally we would have ice cream because like my dad would bring it home, Mm -hmm. but that like gets boring after a while. Like I would like my ideal Friday night was like going out to dinner with like, like to PF Chang's or something, oh, something my like gosh. absurd Hell yeah. and like going to the movies and eating like so much popcorn and like,
1: yeah. Oh
2: No, yeah. Um, I was, I was not a family that had stuff in the house. We always had like, it was also this constant awareness of like getting the healthier version. Like yes. you don't get mac and cheese. You get the Weight Watchers mac and cheese. You don't get like you don't get like regular cookies or regular chips. You get like rice cakes, like, you know, that kind of like mentality.
0: It doesn't number
2: on
1: you because it, it, it like, it kind of like demonizes food and you don't learn moderation from early in childhood. Like for me, like it was always about when I had access, you needed to eat a lot of it because you weren't going to have access again. And so when I would go to friends' houses, I remember going over. So my neighbor, Celeste, her family was in a cult, but like, no, I'm serious. Like they were actually in a cult called Ekencar. It was insane. And her brother, I'm pretty sure was like, uh, like, I'm pretty sure he's a serial killer now, but oh, anyway, okay. and they had like a, they had like a Python that was like loose in the house. It was oh like God. not a safe place, but they had good snacks. So I would always go over there and they had a Nintendo too. So I was like, well, eh, eh, there's a lot of unsafe things, but I'm not going to tell my mom save snacks. So <laughs> I was like, putting I yourself in there.
2: danger for snacks at an early Yeah.
1: Age. Yeah. I was like, mm, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna tell my mom. I'm like, they go to church. Um, but it was like, (laughs) it was definitely a cold, but they had the like mini bags of chips, like the fun size bags of chips they would put in their lunch. And I was like, how many do you get? And she, I remember her being like, you can have as many as you want. And I would just open like bags of chips and like, she'd be like, Whoa, you eat a lot of chips. And I'm like, because I don't get them at home. So I would just sit there and open the fun size bags of chips and I would eat them all. And, and I would be like, this is crazy that you just have access to these chips. Yeah. But but if those had been at home, I wouldn't have probably, I would have eaten like one and been like, who cares? Like my boyfriend was totally raised in a home that like, they had a cookie jar of Oreos and like, he would get like a couple Oreos. I mean, he does deal with like a kind of like he loves sugar now, but, but like, like I just, I wouldn't have, I wish I would have understood moderation or just like not placing such a kind of like such a focus on certain foods right. when I was a child.
2: Same. I was, I mean, I was also that kid who like my, the highlight of going to like a play date at someone's house was like when we would get to like have the snacks and totally. that was like an exciting, that was exciting for me Oh, yeah. um, for the same reason. And I also like would always but I also remember having like a lot of self-consciousness about like how much I ate because I knew that like, like this was contraband. I, like it was almost a combination of like, I know I shouldn't eat it because it's bad. And I also don't want this person to judge me that I'm eating too sure. much. Because sure. I was like already aware of that too. And Which is
1: like yeah. so horrible to be thinking of that as a child.
2: I mean, yeah. I remember
1: that carrying out into my adulthood, like, if I would go to a restaurant with friends, like I would be very conscious in like college and stuff of like, if you were sharing a plate, like how much you would eat or like not taking the food first or like of like how many portions people would get. I would never get seconds. Even if like my friends would be getting seconds of things, I would never because of, Like, I didn't want to be the girl that was bigger getting seconds because of like how like I'm like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to fall into like the the like trap of like you think I would get seconds. So I'm not going to get seconds, which is so fucking stupid. My mom still like thinks that way, actually,
2: like she I mean, she's come a really long way and she's like, you know, she was never the type of person who like would demonize my body, but like, she was also affected by it. So she was just like sort of demonizing it by by proxy, but she's so, but she's come a long way in terms of like, you know, being aware that this is all like really dumb, but she even like a few weeks ago said something like, "I, I, I guess we were like somewhere and there was like an indulgent food or something. And I was like, you should get it. And she was, Oh no, we were at, we were, um, by the pool in LA. And she like refused to order something. Cause like, she doesn't want to be like heavy by the pool eating like that unhealthy thing. I'm just like, who cares? Like who's right.
1: looking, who gives a right.
3: shit?
2: Right, Like no one's thinking that. I mean, no. maybe they are, but they're idiots.
1: Well, and also it's, you know, the reality is that someone's already thinking that like you eating the thing is not going to suddenly magically change their negative thought about your body. Totally.
2: And they were going to have the
1: negative thought
2: anyway. That played out in physical because she did like enforce that. Did you watch that show? Uh-uh. Oh, I, oh, you should. I, I mean, it might be, you know, I don't want to like definitely recommend it cause there's like some tough things in it, but like, I really liked it. It was on Apple TV plus and it's about like, you know, in the show, um, Rose Byrne has an eating disorder and you, the interesting thing about the show is that she, you hear her thoughts and like her judgments about herself and what she, how she judges other women. And it's just like, so toxic and hateful, but you see that that's what like the disorder does to you.
1: Right. Right. I mean, that's what I've kind of realized is we're also steeped in it. You know, we're also steeped in it that it causes us like anytime anyone is like negative in that way i'm like oh you're so like you're so deep in this too like it kind of it gives you so much perspective and that's why like anytime someone it is like hating in any way and i'm lucky to not get a lot of that online but i see it happen to my peers a lot and i'm just like okay like you you've experienced this so badly yourself that now you're projecting this onto other people and not that that makes it right or like that's an excuse but it does give a reason you know it, it's not an excuse but there is perspective behind it you know and 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 truly like I think and I hope God knows what will come out of this next generation, but I hope there is more of an awareness. And even talking to my friends, I was out, out with, um, two of my friends that have little girls and they're very, very young. And they were even talking about how, cause I was asking them how they talk to their kids about bodies and food and all of this. And there's so much more thought going into how they talk to their kids about food and bodies and like how they, how they even discuss all of these things that our parents did. Like right. there's so much more tact going into how these conversations are being had. I'm just like, "Oh wow. This they're next so generation. Lucky. Yeah, they're so lucky." And and I can't help but think that this next generation of kids is going to I mean, they're going to have a whole set of other like craziness. I mean, like they're gonna have a whole another no, other set yeah. of issues that we Just didn't run from
2: floods and burning. yeah, burning I mean they're gonna fires.
1: be they're gonna be on fire and they're probably gonna be balding because like, um, you know, like our food's being poisoned because the animals are like eating plastic and stuff. But right, that too., <laughs> um, but they might have less issues because their mothers weren't like shoving like snack walls down their throat. Yes,
2: totally, and and not just the snack wells, like the constant conversation about it, and the the assumption that thinner is better, right, and that you should always be looking to attain
1: that, and also just like I do love the I I love the conversations that are happening around health and like eating for function and eating for overall well being and like eating for energy and eating for, like like why we eat versus like what we eat. And I think those conversations, kids can understand more of like, these are things that give us, give us energy. Like that makes sense. You know, like that you can actually think about like, Hey, like this makes us have energy. This makes us feel like full so we can move on with our day. This gives us like, this gives us power to play you know this the, you know those kinds of things make sense and that was just left so out of the discussion when we were little completely I taught in like science class in like 8th grade yeah but- and like we were
2: asleep <laughs>
0: Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests. Pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
2: So, I want to talk to you about kind of going through this transition of being more steeped in diet culture to trying to break through that and specifically like what that was like to go through publicly when you're kind of your following was valuing you for the former.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we were all going through it together. Right. You know, and I think the process is important and I think it's about all going through it together. You know, I think so many of the people that were following me still follow me because we all were shifting out of it. We all were realizing things at the same time. And, and I think it was not so much about, turning my page and, you know, from a diet culture thing. Cause it really wasn't, it was more about sharing what I was doing for my own wellness. And it's still sharing what I'm doing for my own wellness, but my, what I'm doing for my own wellness has changed. Right. And I think that's the evolution of people. You know, what I do for my own wellness now is a lot different than what it was five years ago, but that doesn't mean it's not wellness. It's just, It's just different stuff. And I think for me, because I changed my Instagram handle from get fit Brooklyn to, because I literally wasn't thinking about having any sort of like, it was literally like a kind of a, it wasn't a burner page, but it was kind of a burner page at the time because I wasn't expecting to use it really. Um, I changed it to my, just my name, which is um, which I thought, would be a great step, first of all, to having it be less fitness focused, right. because I also realized that one important step about moving from just talking about fitness and you know wellness was that, and, and this is one thing that really kind of occurred to me was fitness and wellness is a big part of my life, but it's like 20%. There's a lot of other stuff going on in our lives. And right. I think that one big part of the uh, like fitness and wellness culture is they make it a lot bigger than perhaps it needs to be. Like it's, it's a big part of our lives in the sense that it's important to take care of ourselves and make ourselves like healthy from the inside out. But the focus and the obsession with the way we look or what we're putting in our bodies and, and working out Online, especially, can feel really big. And so I was like, I just want this to be in proportion. I don't want it to go away. I still love to talk about working out. I I think exercise can be a beautiful part of your life. I think I love going to yoga. I love lifting weights. I love eating healthy. I love, but I also love to like indulge. I also love to, take days off. I also love to find wellness in other ways. And so, but, but mostly for me, I was like, I really want the fitness wellness part to be in proportion to my life. And so I started sharing an abundance of other parts of my life. Um, and you know what the most beautiful thing is, is like, I thought when I did that, like one of my biggest partners is Adidas So like, I've been on a contract with Adidas and when I was in that like hyper fitness wellness space, they, they brought me on as a a global ambassador. And as soon as I transitioned out of like having wellness be my focus primarily, I thought, well, that's gone. I'm not going to be a global ambassador for Adidas. They only have 20 in the world. There's no way. And I talked to them and I said, you know. This is not going to be my main focus anymore. It's still going to be part of my life, obviously. But, and they were like, we're going on the journey. Like we want to be like, we're here for you. Like we want to be working with you as a person and, you know, we're on the journey and we want you to share your life. And. Now I'm here five years later with them and they're still, I'm still a global ambassador for them, like still shooting with them, like, which is an amazing thing. And it, and it really taught me two things really taught me that you can just kind of go on your journey and the people that will want to stay will stay is I barely lost anyone when I changed my account over from fitness wellness to my life. And, and, and I don't just say that in like influencer speak, I'm just saying that for anyone listening to this, it's like, you're allowed to have you like shift however you need to. And the people, as long as you're still you and you're still putting yourself first and like bringing the people along for the journey, like the people who will want to be there will be there with you. And the second thing was, is like, I was afraid I was going to miss out on all these opportunities in my life because I, I, I thought I had to stay the same and really like staying the same and not taking like risks and forward movement and, and, and shifting things that don't feel good. Like if I would have just stayed the same, I would have been doing detriment to myself. And by me moving forward and me taking risks, even if it potentially would have maybe hurt hurt my business or hurt just a big opportunity for myself. Like, even though that could have happened, it didn't, you know, and, and it's actually really helped me. Um, and so like undoing, undoing those parts that don't feel good, but keeping the parts that do feel good. Like I still love a lot of wellness culture. I still love like moving my body. You can keep the parts of health that feel good to you and you can leave the parts that don't. And that is something I feel like people just don't get. Right.
2: I I would love to know. So like, well, first of all, that's amazing. That's a really an amazing evolution. And I'm, you know, that I'm very impressed that Adidas, you know, was staying with you, but I think it's obviously a huge testament to, you know, the community you built and like, the sort of vulnerability with which you approached the situation because it is really challenging. So you, so you said you still really do appreciate elements of wellness culture. What are those elements that still make you feel good?
1: Yeah. Um, I think for me, movement and like exercise. I think at a time I forgot it could be something that I really enjoy because, like it, w- it was something I really enjoyed and I did privately and I really got myself and my body to a place where it was like really like high functioning and happy, and then I overdid it. I swung right. the pendulum too much because I wanted to be like in some like terrible internet place of like quote unquote like hashtag beast mode. Like I was. I, I like, and it became not fun because it wasn't about me. Right. And I think when you, when anything becomes performative, it's not great. Like yeah, when it can be about just you and it becomes about, does this feel good to me? I think that's when things feel good. You know, that's when wellness is personal. Wellness is personal wellness. It's about being well. And it's like, it's, and it's about knowing the difference between, am I being lazy or am I needing rest? It's about knowing what that, what that is in those moments. Am I, am I just like procrastinating or am I actually listening to myself and saying like, actually like need a day off, you know? And for me, it was like, tuning in a little bit more and being like, oh yeah, today I'm, I'm actually like, really, I'm exhausted. Like my anxiety is really high. Like what I actually need is to like take a bath. I actually need an extra hour of sleep, you know, and like fine tuning, like listening to yourself a little more. And like, I used to be like, no, get your ass up, get your ass up, go to the gym. <laughs> like, that's what you need. And I was burning myself out you know? And so it's like, it's about that, like fine tuning of like, okay, where are the, where's like the warmth for myself? Like, where is the like tenderness for myself in this and figuring out like, how can I have grace for myself in those moments where I am tired or anxious, but then also like, can I make things fun for myself again? Like, I was on such a regimen of like, okay, my workouts have to look like this. My food has to look like this. It's like, well, what do I feel like doing today? Right. So wellness now looks like to me like, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like taking a walk with my dog. Okay. Today I actually feel like hot yoga.
2: How did you approach like figuring out that dropping kind of like that, you know, really regimented way of being and like, was it just like one day or like, okay, the routine is over? Like, how did you kind of like make that transition?
1: Um, I I literally was getting injured. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was injuring my body. I was like, I was having really bad back issues and really bad shoulder issues. Um, and literally my body was like, stop. I was having to take weeks off from working out because my body was literally in pain and i was like wow i am and 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 you know what's funny another thing i that happened is i there was there's actually been a couple things that slowed it down the injuries and then i mean obviously covid has really slowed us all down And then I froze my eggs, slowed us down. It's like, it's like been a bunch of different things that have like slowed me down a little bit and truly like as much as I, it's kind of like you have to miss it for a little bit. Sometimes I think you have to miss it to then be like, oh, I enjoy that. You know, I think you have to be away from it for a bit to be like, Oh, wait, I really like that. I really miss it. Right. I totally have experienced
2: that because same like you, like COVID really did a number on just like, you know, being able to like, feel like I have energy. Um, I think it's like a combination of the screens and like, just not having like constant places to go totally that
1: we used to. And like walking around, you take walking around for granted and like, just like moving around. It's like, it's, it's, it's the little things. And also with eating, I think for me, like I used to be like, you know, I've, I've, first of all, I, I, I have done every like diet under the sun when I was younger and all of that. And, and for me, it's like, eating like intuitively has always been difficult for me, especially because I'm just a regimented person because I'm a Virgo and I'm very type A. It's like, I don't do good with that. Um, But I think even being gentle to myself in the process of just like in my even eating of just being like, can you just relax a little bit and think about it less? Like, can you just think about it less for right now. You have a lot going on and like, there's a lot going on in the world. Can we just bring the temperature down? And also like, again, that pendulum, it's like, don't be so restrictive, but also don't participate in like, you know, like eating food that you know, is going to make you feel like shit, you know, like You don't need to be extreme in any way. You can like live somewhere in the middle and the middle scares people because it's like the middle is so big. You know, the middle is this huge gray area and we've never been taught to live in the gray area of life. We have been taught diet culture or we have been taught do whatever the fuck you want all the time. And the gray area is so scary because there's no limitations in it. And the thing is, is we can make whatever limitations we want or not, but we are allowed to be in the middle somewhere. Right. And I think the, I
2: think what's scary is like realizing that you are the person who sets the limits in the gray area. And it's so much easier to just put that on someone or something else or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Well, and also like, Making your own rules is a scary thing. Like making your own boundaries and setting them and being responsible for yourself is scary because if somehow you quote unquote fail yourself, that's a scary thing. It's like being accountable to yourself is hard because you don't have, that's why people like a trainer because they want someone else to crack the whip. You know, like they don't want to, they don't want to show up for themselves. They want accountability from outside. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not hard enough on myself. It's like, well, you don't have to be hard on yourself. There is no point in being hard on yourself. You're allowed to make every single day different. Every single day can be fresh. And, and like, the thing is like one thing I really had to let go in starting out. And, and this is to answer your previous question of like, how did you make that shift? For me, it was about like not making it like everyone does the whole like weekly thing. Okay. Well, Monday, Monday, I'm gonna, and to me, it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm just going to start right. Like start over, right. Like it's not even about starting over. It's just like, okay, well moving on, moving on from right right now. It's just like, move on. It's fine. Like, it's just like, we spend so much time recovering from our own own self punishment that like the recovery time that we spend from punishing ourselves is such wasted time.
2: Yeah. And I don't even think okay. How do you identify that that's like what you're doing? Because I,
1: I think that probably is new concept to people because I mean, think about how much time. Okay. Let's say, let's say it's Saturday, right? You go out, you're, you go out with your girlfriends or whoever it's like, I'm going to eat something healthy at dinner with my friends. Right. You're like, okay, well, everyone got something unhealthy. I was the last one to order. Well, I'm not going to eat something healthy now because I'm going to like just order something. First of all, what is healthy? First right. of all, what the fuck ever. So you just are like, whatever, I'm going to get this. Okay. Well, well, let's get desserts. Let's get drinks. We're going to go to another round of drinks. Okay. I'm hungover. So I need a bacon, egg and cheese. Now I need this. I need this. I'm hungover. I didn't do, I didn't go to my workout okay, well now I'm in bed. Okay. Well now I'm just going to, it's Sunday night. I'm going to, well, I've already eaten like shit all day. So I'm just going to do this. And then all day you've spent feeling like shit. You're in this roller coaster of like, I was so bad last night. I was so bad. I can't believe this. You wake up on Monday. I was so terrible this weekend all week. I have to like work out extra hard I have to go to the gym like, oh, I can't drink all week. I can't see friends this week because I'm going to look like I'm going to look like shit. I'm all puffy. I need to do that. What are you doing? You just spent 48 hours punishing yourself for something that is not punishable. You ate food, you had fun, and you got rest. Move the fuck on move the fuck on. What are you doing? It's food. It's food. And like, you missed one workout. You know how long you're going to live? You know how much of a blip this is in your whole life? Right.
2: You know, it's you know, it, point.
1: it's, it's, you know what you spent four hours out with your friends, but you made it into a 72 hour long punishment for yourself. You could have just woken up the next morning. Eaten a bacon, egg and cheese or whatever you needed to like, feel better. And been like, okay, moving on. Like right. we're cool. going for and, a walk. Like, we'll have oh, yeah, normal go dinner. for a walk. Like send your friends some funny texts about the other the last night and how you had so much fun and stop punishing yourself for it. Like you don't have to like, like spiraling is your choice. Spiraling is your choice. And the thing is, is like we do it to ourselves because we're punishing ourselves. It is so we can keep confirming the negative opinions that we have about ourselves. It's because we want to keep feeling bad about it. We we we're we're saying this is all I deserve. This is what I deserve. I'm going to keep punishing myself and keep reiterating this bad opinion about myself. And it's like. You don't have to. And you know what? And the thing is, is even if you did order in like another like pizza on Sunday night, it doesn't matter. It's not what it is. It's not the food. It's not the not working out. It's the punishment in your brain of telling yourself you were bad for what you did. It's like, it's not about like the activities. It's about the like brain space of, of being like I'm bad for doing that. And I'm punishing myself all week for what I did. I see so much of that crap on Instagram of like, of like, I'm, I'm going to have to work out, work off my brunch or so, it's just, it's, it's stupid. It's so stupid.
2: Yeah. You really, you're just like one of my favorite people in that <laughs> rant. <laughs> like, honestly, cause yeah, it's so dumb. Like,
3: oh we you do had... it all the
2: time yeah right it's like you could just move on you know I'm gonna go go forth with that you could just move, move the on. Fuck on like yeah. we're all allowed to just
1: move on and next time if, if anyone listening is just like it's like you can just stand in front of yourself and in the mirror and you could be like you could pout about this or you could just move the fuck on right I love that I
2: really love that
0: guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with athletic brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love beer sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste and now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, athletic brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol, allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times.
2: Okay, do you want to talk about a topic that so many people basically asked the same question in a million different forms. And they really just want to know, like, how do you feel confident? I we have one person ask, How do I feel confident in my body when family is telling me to diet? One person says, I'm a yoga teacher. I gained 30 pounds this year. How do I feel confident enough to teach again? Someone says, How to feel confident in a damn bathing suit? And then we have, How do I start dating again while not feeling very good about myself physically? So, you know, I'm sure there's an umbrella answer,
1: but yeah, I mean um, it's a practice and I think that's what people don't um, actually realize is confident becoming confident isn't a light switch. It's a muscle. So it's something that like every day you have to exercise. And so it's like anything else. It's going to be stronger some days, it's going to be less some days and understanding that it's going to shift is the first part is like, there are, there are going to be days where it's more or less. So that's step one, understanding that you're not going to, it's not this, it's not an upward trajectory all the time. And then it's not going to plateau and you're going to be perfect all the time. I think that's an important thing to start out with. Um, because I think people have really high expectations of themselves It like, it's like body image. They're like, I'm body positive now. Right. Oh no. There's no such thing a as bad, a thought. A negative thought. It's like, like, well, yeah, you're not what? Like, that's why I don't really agree with body positivity. Yeah, no. It's also like, well, that's not realistic. You're never going to have a negative thought about your body. Well, that's ridiculous. But I also do. I, I, I definitely believe that well, first of all, with like, let's talk about these in pieces. So with like family or outside opinions, when you encounter those people, um, I think boundaries are huge, um, and expressing them. Like, I know that when someone says something about your body or expresses their opinion, it's really easy to like shrivel up and be like, that hurt me so much. And like, it, this is so embarrassing. But, um, I think it's really important to state boundaries because actually creating boundaries is what confident people do because it means you're standing up for yourself. Um, and that is, that is a huge pillar of confidence is, is knowing how to set boundaries and enforcing them. So if your mom or whoever is saying things about the way you look, I actually don't feel comfortable with you talking about my body like that. Um, so please keep your opinions to yourself. You know, that doesn't make me feel good. And, and, and I would never say anything like that about your body. Please keep your opinions to yourself. That's actually not something I feel comfortable with. And even in that moment, you're reclaiming your space, you know? So I think anyone's opinions, you need to claim that and you can feel hurt about it, but I promise you that person doesn't have control over you in that moment. So boundaries, number one, and number two, um, if you, you can afford to buy clothes that fit you well, do it, um, thrift them, um, you know, whatever you need to do to find clothes that fit you do it. I think that is a huge thing with confidence is, um, when you are constantly feeling like you don't fit physically in clothing, Um, I think that's really tough and you constantly feel uncomfortable physically and that, you know, like even if you're wearing a too tight shirt or something, you're constantly adjusting. You can't physically feel comfortable in a space, um, with dating, um, update your photos to look like you, the way you are right now, if you're doing app dating or whatever, because you want to ex visually, not because you want to manage expectations of someone else. Fuck that, whatever. Who cares? Like, I don't care about what they think. It is about that you accept the way you look right now, that you feel beautiful the way you look now. And I think like you putting old photos or putting an image out there that isn't what you look like now is saying like, I don't like the way I look right now. It is about, it is about like, how can I fully accept the way I look? And also, um, people don't care as much as you people don't care or notice as much as you think they do. Also, they don't know what you used to look like. They have nothing to compare it to. They don't care. I promise you. They don't, they just don't as much as you think they do. And the thing is is like, especially with online dating, which is I'm assuming how you're dating. It's like, right. It's they're only gonna be, they're interested in you because they are looking at you you know, it's like, they like what they see. That's how it's based as vain as it is. They like what they see. So it's like, get a, a cute friend to take some new photos of you where there's some, and like, you'll be fine. And like, it really, they really do not care as much as you think they did. They don't have anything to compared to you. you're being hard on yourself. I also think with like. Um, bathing suits, sports bras, working out all of these things. I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I, um, I was to see girls at the gym, um, like wearing sports bras when they would work out. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, that could never be me. That would never be me. I could never work out in a sports bra. Like, oh my God. I remember one day I was sitting at the gym and I was stretching and I was so hot and my shirt was so uncomfortable. It was like clinging to me. Brooklyn. And I was like, I really want to take off this wet shirt. It feels so uncomfortable. But I was like, oh, I can't just wear my sports bra. And I was like, well, what if I just did? And I just took off my shirt and I was the only one on the mat and I put it next to me. And no I one, no and one I was, even like, noticed. By <laughs> right. and, and guess what happened? Nothing. No one looked at me. No one gave a shit. I would say like for worrying about like swearing things and how people think, think about the last time you went to a pool, uh, the gym, outside, and you picked apart women's bodies.
2: I really probably all think we are the star of the show. And that's why I think this like main (laughs) character energy thing that's going around on Instagram is actually like not the best. Because like, if you think you're the main character that comes with like a lot of, it's like good, but it comes with a lot of drawbacks. And so I I have a theory about confidence that I've sort of just formed from speaking to a bunch of people who I consider to be confident or they portray confidence. And one thing that they've sort of all always either like say outright or allude to is that like, they just decided to act confident and then it became real. And I just want, do you think that that is like a valid way that people start to actually feel confident?
1: No. Okay. (laughs) No. You know what? I I think. I actually think the opposite. Right. I think really confident people tell people when they're not feeling confident. I think sharing, for me, sharing when I'm scared or when I'm feeling like every time I public speak, I'll tell people if I'm feeling really nervous or if something like happened or like if I like, you know, Like, I don't know. I I think sometimes, like, that is actually how you, I think, kind of letting the cat out of the bag sometimes is how you gain confidence because you realize that it isn't really about appearing strong. It's about being yourself. You know, confidence isn't about being the loudest or the most like bloated energy. It isn't about, like leading with this like puffed up chest confidence is about really just like being yourself. And some of the most confident people I've ever met are just the most weird, squirrely little people and like unique and strange, but like confidence isn't about, you know, like taking up all the air in the room, you know, confidence. And we all know those people that you're like, Whoa, they're super confident, but they're just loud, you know, or they're just like, they, they just have like a lot of gusto. I think like you don't need to be the loudest in the room. You just have to really like, like to me, warmth, like a person with warmth, you can just feel it, you know? And that to me is like, when, when you meet someone and they make you feel comfortable and you feel like they just, you just know them. And like, you're just like, they're like magnetic in a way, but it's not, it's in a way that makes you feel safe. That to me is a confident person, like confidence isn't like, necessarily like the person that I, I feel intimidated by. And I think that society's version of confidence is like a person where you're like, wow, they're like star of the show. And for me, a confident person is like, wow, I really want to be around you. Like I'm gravitating to you. Like I want to listen to you. Like I feel safe with you. And to me, it's like, that's just like a totally different type of confident person. And so for me, like vulnerability, To me, is the most confident of all of all people because, like a person that exhibits vulnerability, that's that is the most confident person. The person that's able to show up as themselves fully, the person that may not have the perfect body but shows up anyway. Holy shit! Like if you have a quote unquote perfect body and you show up in a thong bikini, I'm like, yeah, sure, that's confident, but like you know, if you have like what a societal, like norm body, if you don't have like a society, society's version of a normal body and you show up in a bikini, I'm like, holy shit. Like you make me feel drawn to you because like, I don't either, you know, like if, if, if you're putting yourself out there to date, if you're, you know, like I feel drawn to people that who are, are living vulnerably and who are, doing it with like warmth and who are like empathetic and who understand that they aren't the only person. I think that's really world.
2: amazing. I think that's and really that for me
1: is incredible point. And I
2: think that when people ask, how do I be confident? They're thinking of that other type of confidence. Like, how do I make it clear that I am like, I'm here. And I I do think that the type of confidence you're describing comes from like, the process of getting to know yourself and like what you're about and who, what you like and what you don't like and living in alignment with that. And I do think maybe that is a more attainable form of confidence for some people, um, or definition.
0: Especially if people
1: are like, especially if people are like a little bit more introverted or shy or, you know, have a more quiet spirit. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, with society's version of what confidence looks like, they're like, Oh, I could never be that. And it's like, you don't have to change your personality to be a confident person. You can, you can be you like some of the, like, I want to be a person and I don't know about you, but (laughs) I want to be a person where people are like, Oh, she's the best. Like, Oh, she's the best. Like, I love her. And like, I don't need everyone to know me, and I don't need to be like in the room when everyone's like oh, right. when I walk. That's in. a good aspiration. I want to be like I want to be the person that people that. like turn. turn Should like,
2: oh, thank you best. so much for sharing your wisdom with us? I have loved speaking to you, and I think the I really think the audience will get a lot out of this conversation. So where can where can people find you if they are not already following? And yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah. uh, You can find me at Shanae Alexander, C-H-I-N-A-E Alexander on all the things. And um, you can find me on my podcast called Press Send. It's an advice-based podcast. Yes, we are doing a crossover. So so everyone check out Press Send. uh, I'm going to be on it shortly.
2: And I'm really, really excited about that. Thank you so much, Shanae. And Obviously, remember to please rate, review and subscribe, sign up for DST Back for Seconds and we're always with you
1: through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong and Sean Kilby. Social media by Sydney Rafe. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and send us your emails to DST at Betches Batches.